Good morning. Thank you for joining us for worship this morning. I know we got some more folks uh, out in the lobby. They're going to be joining us over the next few minutes. We're going to get started with worship here in just a moment. For those of you uh, who are joining us online, thank you for clicking on. Thank you for joining us for worship today. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, a few things to let you know about as we get started with our worship this morning, especially for those of you who haven't been a part of our worship service before. Uh, first of all, we have bulletins available on every other chair here in our worship center. And so uh, we'd like for every, every family that's here this morning, uh, if you would, make sure that, that you pick up one of those. There's a lot of information and things that are going on with our Flagstone family um, this week and over the next several weeks. So I want you to know what those things are. I want you to put them on your calendar, plan to be a part of them. Maybe invite other people to be a part of them as well. So make sure you get a bulletin today. Uh, for our guests that are with us this morning, if this is your first time with us, or maybe your second time, or maybe you've been here several times and just haven't taken the time to do this, we'd like for you to click on this QR code that's up in the top right corner of the bulletin. We'd like for you to do that right now if you would, and that will bring up a form on your phone uh, where you can fill out some contact information for us. Just let us know who you are, where you're from, and maybe even uh, give you the opportunity to ask some questions about the Flagstone family, some things about the ministries that we have here, and just a little bit more about us. And so uh, if, you, if you haven't done that yet, please do that right now. And just to let you know, we're not going to bombard you with visits and phone calls and all those kinds of things. We might send you a note just to say thank you for coming. Is there anything else we can tell you about our church family? But we need you to click on that QR code. So please do that, especially if you're one of our guests today. Please do that. We would really appreciate that. We will be taking communion together this morning, and when that time comes, uh, we'll have uh, someone give you know, some thoughts and, and offer uh, prayers first for the bread. And when the, when the bread is passed, we'll be passing trays uh, and cups. And you just take a cup, eat the bread, put the cup back in the tray, pass it on to the next person. And then we'll have a prayer for the juice, and we'll do the same thing then. So I wanted you to know how um, communion was going to take place today, uh, especially if you're not normally with us, so that you know, how, you know what to do when that time comes. The last thing I wanted to tell you about is that we have childcare available today for any of our kids, third grade and younger, all the way down to our babies in the nursery. So if you uh, need that at any time this morning, you're welcome to take advantage of that. We have uh, volunteers ready in our, in our children's check-in area. If you just go right out these doors, right across the lobby, you can take your kids over there and we'll take care of them. We'll give them uh, Bible lessons and snacks and activities while you continue to worship uh, in here with us. So feel free to do that at any time that, that you need to this morning. If you want to keep your kids with you, that's totally fine. You're welcome to do that if it would help. We have some activity bags available, and they're on the table right across uh, our lobby. Again, if you go out these doors and go straight across uh, to the opposite wall, there's a table there with bags of coloring sheets and other things for kids. Uh, if that would be something that, that would help you while you continue to worship with us, feel free to go grab one of those. Think that's all I need to tell you about at this point this morning. I'm excited to be worshiping with you. Uh, it's it's just we, it's a busy time of year for a lot of us. We've got uh, college students that are that are back from school and getting their summer jobs, and some of our college students have graduated. And last last Sunday we celebrated our high school seniors uh, that are part of our flagstone team group, and and many of them went through graduation ceremonies this weekend, and we're. We're getting ready for Memorial Day weekend next weekend. There's just a lot of things going on with our church family. And the fact that you chose to be here this morning, whether sitting here in this room or joining us online, that means something to us. We're honored by your presence today, and we want you to be blessed by being here. We want you to feel close to God while you're here and hopefully feel a little bit closer to us as well. So I'm going to uh, begin with a prayer, ask God to bless our time of worship, and then we're going to begin uh, praising him together in song. Let's pray together. 
Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Lord, we got so many people moving in so many directions, and we pray your blessings on, on all of our church family, on our guests today, for those who are traveling, for those who have uh, busy weeks ahead of them, for, for people who have things that they have to get done later on this afternoon. God, we pray uh, for, for peace for a few minutes, for, for the ability, God, right now as we get ready to worship you, to tune everything else out. Uh, to be focused on being here in this place and focused on being here in your presence as we get ready to worship you. And God, I, I believe that there are people here in this room, there are people uh, who are watching online right now who are dealing with some kind of burden. And maybe it's, maybe it's something physical. Maybe there's some sickness that they're dealing with. Or maybe it's something emotional. There's, there's some sadness. There's some grief. There's some resentment. There's, there's some kind of burden that they're carrying. Maybe Maybe some of us are dealing with some temptation, some guilt, some sin. God, I pray that you would help us this morning to, to be willing to let go of those things, to be willing to, to share those things, not just with this church family, but with you, so that we can be set free from them. I pray that if people need to experience your grace and your forgiveness this morning, that they will be able to do that through our worship together. And God, as we sing to you, as we pray to you, as we Remember the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, when we take communion together. As we spend time in your word today, God, I pray that you would draw us close, that we would feel your presence in this place, that we would feel your presence in our hearts, that we would lift up your name, that we would leave here today encouraged to go be the people that you are already shaping us to be. We pray all these things through the power of your son, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Flagstone. Good morning. Oh, my goodness. Good morning, Flagstone. Hey, good morning. Hey, I need you to help me out this morning. Allergies, I don't know if any of you are suffering from them, but I have been. So I'm going to need your help this morning. Everyone stand with me. Clap your hands. All ye people, shout to God with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands. All ye people, sing for joy unto the Singing hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We're singing hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the Lord of all, Lord of all the earth. Jesus Christ is the Lord of all, Lord of all the earth. Jesus Christ is the Lord of all, Lord of all the Jesus Christ is the Lord of all, Lord of all the earth. Never sing it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We're singing. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the Lord of all, Lord of all the earth. Jesus Christ is the Lord of
Good morning. Uh, as we uh, transition into this time of remembrance, uh, the sacrifice uh, that Jesus made on the cross for, for all of us, um, I'm just reminded that we are very for forgetful people. Um, I'm sure we can all agree that uh, we've, we've all been in a situation where, you know, we forgot about that assignment that's due at midnight or uh, got in line and ordered our food and realized our wallet's at home um, or, you know, even forgot a belt. Um, we, are, we are very forgetful people, um, and even when it comes to the cross, I, I think it's, it's easy to forget as well. Uh, Jesus says, take, these, take this bread and this juice and, uh, and be reminded of my body and the blood that was shed on the cross. Um, so as we, uh, as we transition into this time, just be reminded that uh, we are the sinful people and Jesus was perfect, but he, he made that sacrifice anyway, and that's what gives us salvation. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for sending your son for us. We don't deserve it. God, we're the ones that make mistakes. We're the ones that forget. Yet he died for us anyway. Help us to remember during this morning. And just thank you for sending your son. And in his name, amen. Boundless love, unending joy, this is my life, is what I know, and I can't
Let's talk to God again. Father, we, we thank you again for the blood that was shed on the cross. Um, help us to be reminded of Jesus' perfect life and sacrifice for us every day. Uh, help us to be more like your son and just guide us wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen.
never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. And it's higher than the mountains that I face. And it's stronger than the power of the grave. And it's constant in the trial and the change. This one It never runs out on me. times in your life where, um, I, don't know, I don't even know if you can call it the time of your life, but just those situations in life where you, you've told yourself, maybe even told other people, oh, that'll never happen to me. Uh, that's other people's problem. I don't have to deal with something like that. Um, that problem has never come up in my life. Uh, that's not an issue for me. And it could be really, you know, really deep things. Or it could be really simple things. And, and sometimes, some of us who never struggle with whatever the thing is, we can almost have a little bit of a feeling of superiority. I'm like, that might be a problem for you, but not for someone like me. And I'm sharing that with you because um, I experienced that very recently. For, I don't know, how many, I haven't done the math, how many years that I've been driving a, a vehicle since my teenage years, I've never, ever locked my keys in the vehicle. Ever. And I got to the point, you know, because I'm definitely not a teenager anymore, and I got to the point where I, I kind of had a little, bit of, a little bit of arrogance about me. Like, as other people lock their keys in their car, I don't do that. Matter of fact, 
If my keys ever got locked in my car, I wasn't the one who did it. I've had my kids do that. I might have even had my spouse do that, but I don't need to say that out loud. So um, there's been other times, and I kind of, you know, other people don't deal with that. Until it happened. It happened very just a few weeks ago. I just, I just not even thinking. I'm getting stuff. I'm pulling up here in the parking lot outside the church building, and I'm getting stuff out and just lay my keys on the on the console of my car and walked in. You know, locked the doors, walked into the office. Never happened before, and I and it was such an odd feeling. Like, oh my gosh, this is this is what other this is what other people feel like. That's <laughs> and that, I'm confessing to you this morning, folks. That's terrible that I have that kind of attitude. We have situations in life where, where we think that's not a problem for me. That's a problem for other people. And what we're going to talk about this morning might even feel like one of those times. I'm, I'm sharing that with you ahead of time. That some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today, you may be tempted to think that's not really an issue for me. And honestly, you might be right. But it's such a, a prevalent issue in our culture, in our communities, that I think we need to address it as a church family. And we need to talk about it, and we need, to, we need to talk about it for the benefit of those who are in this room and who are joining us online who do struggle with it, and also for those of us who know people who are going to go through struggles like this, who are going through struggles like this. We'll get there in a second. We've been talking about this, this concept of getting untangled. We started talking about this a few weeks ago, and we kind of put it on pause uh, last week because we, we were honoring our seniors, and we were talking about you know, uh, Senior Sunday, and, and so we, we kind of put our series on pause last week, and we're jumping back into it again today. And we're looking at the verse in, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, and this will be on your screen, but if you want to look it up in, in your own Bibles, your own Bible apps, this is what the author of Hebrews says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And what we talked about is there's things in our lives where there's sin, where there's struggles, problems, temptations. There's things that, that tangle us up. And the fact that the author of Hebrews says it easily entangles. It's something that, that, that just happens almost without us knowing it sometimes. We don't even realize that we're getting tangled up until we are tangled up. And so we've, we've recognized a couple of situations so far in our lives where, where that happens. And maybe it's our own choices that got us there. Maybe it's some actions on behalf of other people. But we find ourselves wrapped up and tangled up in some kind of a struggle or some kind of a sin or some kind of guilt from choices of the past. And we didn't even, we, we, we even struggle to recognize exactly how we got there. But we also recognize just how bound we are, how tied up we are in this particular struggle. And so that's what we're continuing to talk about this morning. And again, I want to talk about something this morning that a lot of us have found or, or are currently tangled up in. Or maybe it's not us, but we know people who are. And it happens slowly, and we don't really pay attention to how it begins, but, but we find ourselves uh, in this problem. We probably don't even realize that it is a problem until, until we're completely wrapped up in it. And even if... Even if we don't struggle with it, I know there's somebody that might be able to be helped, that maybe we share some of our thoughts this morning with somebody else who might be struggling with this. And what I want us to talk about this morning is when those times we're tangled up in an addiction. We're tangled up in an addiction. And before, before you're quick to dismiss this and think, well, that's, that's just not a problem for me. I'm not an addict. I don't, I don't have an addiction. I want us to recognize together some of the harmful habits that many of us have, that, that maybe we wouldn't label as an addiction, and maybe we couldn't get it, 
it wouldn't necessarily be clinically diagnosed as an addiction, but it's an addictive behavior. It's a choice that we keep making. It's an attitude that we keep having. It, it keeps evidence in itself in our lives, and it takes control. And it dominates our thoughts. It dominates our hearts. And even if I don't, I don't want to label it as that, that's what it is. And maybe, maybe if we get a little bit clearer understanding of, of what we're talking about this morning, because some of us were like, well, I've got habit. I don't have an addiction. I've got some habits. I mean, drinking three gallons of coffee every morning, that's just a habit. That's not an addiction, right? Some of you are like, I hope so. I hope. I hope that's just a habit. Because we, we can get into these habits, and habits can be, you know, they can be good or bad. I mean, a, a habit is, is something that's consistent. It's routine. It's regular behavior. It's, a, it's the same choice that we make over and over again. And it can be difficult to change. It can be difficult to, to break that habit. But again, that could be positive. There's some really positive things that can be habitual that, that we do on a regular basis. And there could be some negative things that are having a negative impact you know, on, on our health or on our emotional health or some of our relationships. But the habit is just this continual uh, behavior. If it's an addictive behavior, that takes a, little bit step, a, a step a little bit further. At least with the context that I want us to, to talk about today. When we're talking about addictive behavior, when we're talking about an addiction, that, is, that, that goes beyond just a habit. It's, it's an intense focus on something. i got to fix this because it's rubbing my car. Maybe that will help. It's such an, an intense focus on something that takes over a person's life. And often, that person can see the, the, the negative impact. They know the consequences, and yet they still continue to do that thing anyway. They know the kind of impact that it's having on their lives. They know the kind of, the kind of impact that it's having on somebody else, and they, they still continue to do it anyway. And a lot of times it, it develops into a, a, a physical, a physiological craving or, or even an emotional craving. I can't, I can't not do it. it, it's, it, it it's, it, I'm desperate to keep doing that particular thing. And the most common thing that we think of when we think of addictions are, you know, alcohol, drugs, things like that. And those are addictive behaviors. We can be addicted to those things. But there's some other things that some of us might be addicted to and not even realize it. Some of us can be addicted not to, you know, like the illegal drugs that, that we heard about when we were in junior high on, you know, Red Ribbon Week. But even like prescription drugs. Some of us can be addicted to food. Some of us can be addicted to pornography. Some of us can be addicted to, to caffeine. Some of us can be addicted to Social media, can we, be, can we be addicted to that? Oh, for sure. Some of us can, can be addicted to gambling. Some of us can be addicted to shopping. Some of you are like, whoa, whoa, let's, let's draw the line on the shopping thing there. That's not an addiction, is it? For some people it might be. It's things that, we, that are having a negative impact on my life or on the lives of the people that I interact with. And I continue to do those things in spite of even knowing what kind of impact it's making. I continue to do those things even though they've, they've taken over my life. And I'm bound by them. I'm imprisoned by them. I'm, I'm tangled up in them. And the question that, that I want to answer first off is why? why? Why do I, even if I know what the problems are, why do I 
Why do I get into them in the first place? Even if, I, even if I know some of the risks, why do I get into those things that tangle me up in the first place and become addictive in the first place? And we could come up with a lot of different reasons. And I know that there's, there's mental health professionals that could give you a whole bunch of different reasons. I want to give you just a handful of common reasons today. And one of the things that I think gets us wrapped up in addictive things, first off, is just curiosity. I'm just curious about it. It looks like fun. Other people seem to like it. I've heard things about it, and I just want to try it. I want to see what happens. I want to see what everybody else is talking about. I want to see if I can have as much fun as it looks like those people are having. I had, back in my youth ministry days, I had a teenager in the youth group uh, who was already dabbling in some different drugs. Um, just some on an irregular basis. But I remember having a conversation with him one time, and he was being completely honest. He said, Marshall, I can't wait until I turn 18, because on my 18th birthday, I've already got a guy who's going let to me, let me try cocaine for the first time. I was like, why? I don't know. I just I want to try it. I just want to see. And th- I mean, that was, I'm, I'm telling you, that's, that, was his, that was his reasoning behind it. Such an addictive thing, and he's like, I just want to try it. I just want to see. And I think to myself, well, that's, just, that's just dumb. But doesn't that happen to a lot of us? Don't a lot of us find ourselves in hurtful behaviors, and the reason that we started in that, down that road in the first place is just because we were curious about it? Just wanted to see what would happen? Whatever that harmful happen, habit is, it often happens innocently. I just wanted to see what it's like. And now it dominates my life. So curiosity is a reason. Sometimes we get into addictions because, because we're dealing with some kind of hurt. Maybe I've been through a traumatic experience. Maybe, maybe there's a situation in my life that was very painful and very difficult to endure. Maybe I've got emotional scars from something that has happened very recently or something that happened way back in the past. Maybe I've gone through you know, physical abuse. Verbal abuse, sexual abuse, maybe, you know, a lot of folks who have, gone, who have been in the military or in, or in law enforcement, gone through some kind, of, some kind of combat experience or traumatic experience there, will we'll get into some addictive behaviors. Maybe it's a broken relationship and I didn't know what to do about breaking up with this person. Maybe it's a broken marriage and I'm trying to figure out, I'm just hurting and I don't want to feel this hurt and I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of it. Maybe it's a job loss. Maybe there's some other just problem that I'm dealing with and I don't want to feel the hurt that I'm feeling, and so I find something else to try to numb that pain, to try to at least not think about it or not have to deal with it. Maybe there's just, maybe there's just a void in my life. There's just a, it, it's hard to even explain. There's an empty place. There's something that I feel like I'm missing. And I may not even be able to articulate it, but I know it's real. I have this, I have this sense of loneliness. I have this this lack of purpose. I have this lack of joy. I, I just feel like I'm going through the same routine over and over again. And, and there's, there's nothing really of substance in my life. There's something missing. And because I had this void in my life, I try to fill that with any number of things. And then I've, I end up getting into this addiction. And it could be harmful to me. It could be hurting me. It could be causing me to hurt other people. And yet, I just, I just want to fill that void. I just, I, it, it, whatever it is, makes me feel filled, at least for a few minutes. And so I'll keep 
giving into it. And folks, that's just a few things. That's just a few reasons why we start in the first place. Why we start doing addictive things. Why we get into addictions. And then, and then we could even take the question a step further. Okay, well, even if I realize this is hurtful, this is not positive, this is having a negative impact on my life, then why do I stay in it? I mean, that's part of the addiction, right, is we can't walk away from it. We stay in it. It continues to be a power and a force in our life. It continues to hold some kind of strength and some kind of power over us. And why is that? Why do I stay tangled up in this addiction that I know is not good for me? Let me, again, give you just a handful of reasons. One reason might be I actually enjoy it. I like it. I like doing it. I mean, it wouldn't be a temptation for me if I didn't. If I didn't enjoy it, right? There's a lots of things that I won't do because I don't like them. Broccoli is not a temptation for me. You can dress it up, sauce it up, cook it up however you want to. It is still a vile weed. <laughs> and that'll never be a problem for me. But there's other things. Well, I enjoy that. I like the taste of that. I like the feel of that. I like the way that makes me feel. I enjoy it. And, that, and it, 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 if it's fun, if it feels good, if it makes me feel good, then I'm just going to do it. Yeah, there might be negative consequences. There might be things that happen because of it, but man, I really enjoy it right here, right now. Talk to any alcohol addict, drug addict. They know. They know all the problems that it causes. They know the physical problems that those things cause. They know the, the relationship problems that it causes and, and, and the emotional, the mental problems that those things cause. And, and you can sit there and go, you know, I mean, here's the list. Here's all that go wrong if you continue in this addiction. And they know it and they agree with you. So why do you do it? Man, for a few minutes, I've never felt better in my life. Enjoy it. I know that eating as much as I eat, being addicted to the food that I'm addicted to, has caused me to put on weight. My clothes don't fit. I'm having health issues. But man, I enjoy it. I like it. I know that looking at these images, watching these porn videos, I, I know it's going to mess up my marriage. I know the huge feelings of guilt that I feel as soon as I click it off. But for a few minutes, I really enjoy it. I know that I'm going to get into more and more debt. I know I got more credit card debt than I could ever deal with. I know I got more stuff than I could ever possibly use. But it makes me feel good to just go and just shop. And I don't even have to go somewhere. Amazon is my best friend. Amazon is my dealer. And it feels good to just buy and buy and get the stuff. And this could go on. The point is, one of the reasons that I can't seem to get untangled from this addiction, this addictive behavior, is because I enjoy it. Another reason might be is because I get to the point where I crave it. I get to the point where I crave it. It's not just enjoyment that I get. I, I, sometimes I, 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 I'm so, it's dominating my life in such a way I have to have it. 
And maybe there's a physiological craving. My, my body craves that drug and that alcohol. My, my brain craves that new neural pathway that provides the endorphins when I do this particular thing. It's, it's pleasurable, and I want to feel that again. I have this physical, this physical craving for it. Maybe it's an emotional craving where I'm, I'm, I'm the joy that I feel of spending hours on social media as odd as that sounds to say out loud, man, that's what we do, don't we? And it can become an addiction for a, a lot of us. Buying all this stuff and, and doing how I feel about myself and how I feel about other people when I'm doing this, this activity. The void that I feel at least gets filled for a little while. I crave that. I want more of it. And even if it's temporary, even if I know that it's temporary, even if I know this feeling is going to go away, I still want it. I'm still craving it. Maybe the reason that I stay tangled up in it is because I'm ashamed of it. And that almost seems like that almost seems like that's that's opposed to staying in the addiction. If I'm ashamed of it, I want to get rid of it, right? And that's that's the truth. I want to get rid of it. But sometimes we stay in these kind of behaviors because we're so tangled up in it and we have this guilt and we have this sense of shame and, and, and I, I'm embarrassed because of this thing that I'm addicted to. I'm embarrassed because of the choices I've been making. I'm embarrassed and, and ashamed that it has a hold on me. And I've told myself, I'll never do this again and then I just, I do it the very next day. And, I, and I, maybe I've heard other people, maybe at church or maybe in the workplace, who have been very judgmental of people who, who are doing the things that I'm doing. And I am so ashamed of that. And I, I don't want them to know about that. Or maybe I've been the one. I've been judgmental of other people. And now I've got this thing that's taken over my life and taken over my heart. And I'm so embarrassed of that. And I, don't, I, I feel so much guilt about that. And I don't know what to do with that. And what seems weird, and yet it's the reality is that my shame will actually keep me tangled in my behavior. I'll keep repeating this behavior, and I'll keep doing the thing that I feel so guilty about. I'll just give in to the guilt. I'll, I'll become convinced in my mind, there's nothing else that I can do, and I am this bad person, and I'm really not worth trying to make any kind of changes, so I'll just keep doing it. This is who I am now. Because of the guilt that I feel, because of the shame that I feel, I'll stay in an addiction. And whether it's just I'm enjoying it or I'm, I'm physically craving it, I'm emotionally craving it, or I'm just ashamed of it, whatever it is, I, I stay stuck in it. I'm tied up in it. I'm tangled up in it. And, but I don't want to be. So what do I do? How do I get untangled? Y'all done a great job paying attention so far. I'm going to move as fast as I can, but I want to share with you just a few things to get the ball rolling. These are steps that, that can start you on the path. And I, I want to acknowledge before I go through this list, I'm, I'm not a mental health professional. And there are resources out there, and there are people out there who are much more equipped to help you and, and probably give you even better information than what I'm giving you this morning. But I hope I can speak some truth to you this morning and, and even allow God to speak some truth into your life this morning about where to start, how to, get, how to get started untangling some of these knots that we find ourselves wrapped up in because of this addiction, whatever it is in our lives. 
And the first thing that I got to do, the first place to start is I, I, I need to be honest. I need to acknowledge that there is a problem. I need to confess that I, that I have become addicted to this thing, whatever that thing is in your life. I need to confess that, that it is an addiction. It is, it is dominating my life. It is taking control of my thoughts and my heart, and I need to be honest about that. I need to be honest with myself. I need to be honest with some of the people that I know truly care about me. I need to be honest with my God about that. There's a, there's a time in, in King David's life, and I've mentioned this to you before, but, you know, thousands of years ago when, when David uh, was on this earth, and, and we look at David as kind of one of these Bible heroes, and, and the man, we call him the man after God's own heart. I mean, he's one of these guys that's almost depicted in scriptures closer to, any, to God than anybody else except maybe Jesus Christ. I mean, for a while, it just seemed like he could do no wrong. But there are some things in David's life that, that continue to be a problem for him. And we don't know all the details of what those things were, but I want you to see in one of those moments in his life when he's overwhelmed with not just the choices that he's making, but the guilt that comes from them. He says in Psalm chapter 32 and verse 3, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. It weighed David down when he, when he wouldn't be honest, when he refused to, to be honest about what he was dealing with, about the choices he was making and the consequences that was coming because of those things. He says, it weighed me down. It, it, was, it was draining. I was exhausted. I was physically, I was emotionally exhausted. Why? Because I was trying to hide. I was trying to pretend there wasn't a problem. I mean, if we were pinning David's words nowadays, you know, we might say, you know, when I wasn't being honest, when people ask me, is everything okay? Sure, everything's fine. How are you this morning? How are you doing? Great. Everything's great. Family good? Oh, awesome. And just put it on the face and smiles and tries to convince everybody else, and maybe even myself, that everything is okay. Instead of being honest, there's a problem. And I'm not saying that we need to go around and just, just proclaim it to anyone and everyone, but we need to be honest, first of all, with ourselves and recognize this thing that I have become addicted to is a problem in my life, and I don't want to deal with it anymore. I want to be set free from it. And if you keep reading in Psalm 32, that's what David does. He says, I finally, I finally talked to God about it. And when I did, I experienced freedom. But I had to be honest first. I had to be willing to be honest about the choices I was making and the control that those choices had over my life. The second thing that I need to do to get untangled from this addiction is I need to discover who I am. I need to discover who I am. And I, there's, there's two parts to that. And getting to the core of the real me and figuring out who I really am. And, and one part of that is, is discovering who I am at my core and, and kind of what has brought me to where I am at this point. Why, here I am wrapped up in, the, in this addiction, but what got me here? Was it some hurt in the past? Was it choices in the past? Was it, was it curiosity in the past? Were, were, was it friendships that I've been a part of that maybe have caused a problem? But what, what has brought me to where I am? What is it that has shaped me into who I am right now that is causing me to be tangled up in this addiction? I need to get to the core of that. But the second thing that I need to do is discover who I am in the eyes of my God. 
And maybe for some of us, that, that sounds almost too churchy. But I believe with all my heart that every single one of us is a handcrafted creation of Almighty God. And that if we allow him to, no matter where we are in our lives, he will continue to shape us into who he calls us to be, into who he wants us to be, into who he sees that we can be. And I need to discover who that is. Because I think once I start to discover what got me into the addiction in the first place, what got me into these habits in the first place, and then partner that with recognizing who it is that God sees me as and who it is that God sees I can be, that's going to help me start to untangle this mess I've gotten myself in. Where I don't excuse my past, I don't, I don't make excuses for it or pretend that, that the things that got me to the point where I am now didn't happen. I can recognize those things, but now who is it that God is shaping me into? Let me see if I can make this a little more clear for you. One of my favorite scriptures, one of my favorite stories in scripture that I've shared with this church family probably on multiple occasions, so I apologize ahead of time. But in Luke chapter 5, as Jesus is very early on in his ministry, he's, he doesn't even have all of his disciples yet, but he's got a crowd that's listening to him. And he stands in a, in a, in a boat just a little ways off the shore, you know, this lakeside, so that, so that he can have a little bit of distance so people, all the people can hear him. And when he gets done, he, he tells the guy with the boat, let's go fishing. And they go fishing, uh, and, and they end up having this miraculous catch of fish. The, the guy's name is Peter. He's never seen this many fish before. The boat is starting to sink because there's so many fish in the nets. He barely makes it back to shore. He's never seen anything like this before in all of his life. And in Luke chapter 5, after he was, he's experienced this, it says in verse 8, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Peter looked at himself compared to Jesus, and he looked at where he was in life, and he looked at his past, and he looked at the choices that he was making in his life right then, and he didn't like what he saw. As he, as he took a moment to, dis, to discover and be honest about who he was, he's like, you know what, Jesus, you and I are not the same, and you probably need to get away from me because I know who I am. I know who I am at my core. I know what has made me into the kind of guy I am right now. And what I want you to see is Jesus' response. In verse 10, Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. There was something that Jesus saw in Peter that Peter didn't see in himself. There was something that Jesus saw that he could make Peter into that Peter didn't think could ever happen for him. And in that moment, Peter discovered, or at least began to discover, who he was. He, he recognized, he, he discovered, he recognized who he was at his core up to that point. I know where I've been. I know the choices I've made. I know the things I've done. I know the people I've hurt. I know the habits I've been, uh, that have been a part of my life. I know all those things. I recognize all those things. And then Jesus says, okay, that's true. But guess what? You can be something different. I can make you into something different. I can shape you into what I see that you can be. And Peter started to discover that for himself. And that's what I need to do about this addiction that's a part of my life. I can recognize what got me into it, but I also, if I'm willing to, I can start to see 
the person that Jesus can make me to be. And once I start to see that, the power of this addiction will start to fade. The next thing I do is I just need to, I just need to stop it. Now that sounds real easy, doesn't it? Oh, you have this habit that's been a part of your life for months, maybe years. You have this addictive thing that your body, your mind craves, your heart craves. Well, just quit. Oh, all right. But it needs to be that, I want to be that direct this morning. Stop it. Choose to stop it. Whatever it takes to stop, then stop. Whatever choices I need to make, whatever, whatever things I need to do to stop doing this particular thing, then stop it. Stop drinking. Stop inhaling. Stop scrolling. Stop staring. Stop spending. Stop, stop the action. And maybe that's a choice i got to make every single day. Maybe it's a choice i got to make every few hours. But I need to choose to stop. I don't want to do this anymore. In his letter to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says to the church to save people who, have, who believe in Jesus. These are church people that he's talking to. And he says in verse 34, come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. Stop it. Quit making those choices. And I don't think Paul's being dismissive and going, oh, just stop and everything will be fine. I think that Paul would recognize this is a really difficult thing to do, but you need to stop. Now I need to ask a question. What's it going to take for me to stop? How do I stop? That's what, that may be a longer part of the journey, but I need to quit saying, okay, next time I won't do that anymore. One of these days I'll quit. I need to stop justifying my actions. I need to stop trying to convince myself that it's not a big deal. I need to stop. Before I get myself into further debt, before I completely destroy my health, before I completely destroy my marriage, before I break every friendship that I have in my life, I need to stop. And it may not happen immediately. It's probably not going to happen immediately. And I may need some help in order to, to, to make that happen. In order for the stop to take place, I may need some people to help me stop. Maybe that involves going to a therapist or a counselor. And if that's something that you need, I'll say this right now. We have some counseling services that we recommend right here in Northwest Arkansas that are great at helping people with these kind of, with these kind of addictions and behaviors. Let us know. Reach out to us. We ha if, if you need support groups to be a part of, we have resources for that too. As a matter of fact, there's a Narcotics Anonymous group that meets at our building twice every week. That's just one option. There's other groups that, that we know of that can help. There are multiple places around our community that, that host Celebrate Recovery groups that would be more than willing to help you make better choices and stop doing what you've been doing. Maybe you just need an accountability partner, somebody that you trust, a friend that you, that you uh, can count on and trust to hold you accountable to these choices that you're making, the, the, the things that you're trying to stop doing. Maybe it's just talking to one of our shepherds. we got some awesome leaders at this church who are compassionate and who would be willing to do anything 
to help. Our, our ministry staff will be willing to do whatever we can to help. There's people sitting beside you right now. Even if you're a guest here, there's people sitting right next to you, right down the road from you, who will love to do nothing more than to help you stop. And maybe it's something that they haven't been a part of. It hasn't been an addiction in their lives, but they, but they know what it's like to have some kind of problem that they have trouble walking away from, and they would do whatever they could to help you stop. Folks, there's people right now, right here, that want to help, but you got to make the choice. I've got to make the choice for myself to stop, quit making excuses, and just stop it. And then after I work on stopping it, i got to replace it. i got to replace it with something. Trying to, trying to fill this void with whatever I've been filling with, I need to try to fill it with something else. Whatever, whatever's been missing in my life that I've tried to, to make whole through this, this addiction, this habit, this addictive behavior. I've got to find something else. And whatever that is, something that's more healthy, something that's more positive, something that, that helps me bless other people in some way, something different. Jesus addressed this in Luke chapter 11. He, he told about um, an evil presence, an, an evil spirit inside someone. And what happens when they, when they get rid of that, when they change something about their lives and that, and that spirit is, is taken away, he says there's a risk there. Look in Luke chapter 11, beginning verse 24, it says, When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. And then it says, I will return to the house that I left. And when it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. And then it goes and takes seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Jesus says you can get this thing out of your life, but if you don't replace it with something, you know what's going to happen? That thing is going to come back. And not only is it going to come back, it's going to bring buddies with it. It's going to make things worse. And this, this habit, this addiction, this addictive behavior that I, I may have been successful, at least for a short time, of getting out of my life, if I don't replace it with something... It'll come back, and it will bring with it guilt and dishonesty and cover-up and frustration and resentment and hurt between me and these people that said, I'd never do that again. you got to replace it with something. Maybe I replace it with spending time and and reading scripture. Maybe I replace it with prayer. Maybe I replace it with, with getting involved in volunteering somewhere. Maybe I replace it with just meditation, going on a walk. I don't know. Find something to replace it with. Find that joy. Find that fulfillment. Find that sense of purpose in something else because otherwise the tangles haven't gone away. They might have loosened for a little while, but I'll find myself tangled up again. And the last thing that I got to do one of the last things I, I have to do. I need to learn to forgive myself. And this may be one of the hardest things to do when we're getting out of addictions and, and, and hurtful behaviors. This might be the biggest knot to untangle. It's not the judgment or the guilt that I might have experienced from other people, but the judgment or the guilt that I hold against myself. If, if, if I'm a child of God, 
If I have put my faith in him, I believe the story about him, about his son Jesus is true. And I, I believe in that so strongly that I've, that I've confessed him as my Lord and Savior. I've made him the king of my heart. I've repented of all of my sins, including this, this addiction and this hurtful, these hurtful choices I've been making. And I've been baptized in the blood of his son Jesus, and I'm now this new creation. The promise is when I've gone through that process, when I've become a child of God, when I've accepted his grace and his forgiveness, the promise is that he continually forgives me of all the choices that I make, of all the things, all the ungodly things that I have done or could do. He forgives me of those things. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And if you've never underlined that phrase in your Bible before, or highlighted it in your Bible app, you really should. Purifies us, completely washes us clean, completely gets rid of how much sin. You can say it out loud, it's okay. How much sin? All of it. Not just some of it. All of it. All the things that you're embarrassed of. All the things you feel guilty about. All the things you said you would never do again. All the things you hope nobody else ever finds out about. The blood of Jesus Christ continually washes those things clean. Why do I say continually? Because purifies is a, is a present verb. It has continuing action with it. This isn't a one-time thing. The blood of Jesus continually washes me clean of all the things that I get myself tangled up in. I've already experienced forgiveness from Jesus Christ. I've got to learn to forgive myself. And that's a struggle for a lot of us. It's a struggle for everybody. The Apostle Paul, again, one of these Bible heroes that we kind of hold up on a pedestal and like, man, super Christian. Paul talked about and was honest about his own struggles. And he doesn't go into details about what they were, but he just says, I have this constant, I mean, it almost sounds like an addiction. This constant battle that I'm waging within myself. And we'll read it word for word, but you're welcome to turn there in Romans chapter 7. Paul says, I know all the good things that I should be doing and all the good things that I want to do. And I know all the bad things I shouldn't be doing and I really hate these things and I don't want to do them. And he recognizes the two. I need to do those things. I need to stay away from this. But then he says, you know what I, finally, I find myself constantly doing? It's going over here to the bad. I keep doing these things. That sound like a habit to you? sound like addictive behavior to you i don't know what the problem was but paul says i keep finding myself back here again and he goes so far in, in verse 24 of Romans 7 to say what a wretch i am that's not just saying he feels miserable he sees himself as a miserable person That doesn't deserve love and compassion and kindness from anyone else. Refuse. Something you kind of push it to the side. And he says, that's what I am. That's how I feel. Who will rescue me from this body of death? 
Who will forgive me? Who will give me grace? Who will set me free? And, he's, and he answers his own question. It's Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Jesus that can set me free. But one thing that I want you to notice, he's asking an honest question. And there's a little bit behind that question where Paul says, I'm such a wretch, who can set me free from this? Because I can't do it myself. I can't set me free. I can't forgive me. I don't feel like anybody else can or at least should. So who's going to? Do you see the struggle within Paul? I mean, it's not going to be on your screen, but in a different letter in 1 Timothy, Paul even calls himself, after being a Christian for probably 30 plus years, calls himself the worst of sinners. There's a constant struggle for Paul to forgive himself. He could preach grace. He could offer grace to anyone and everyone except him. And I wonder if that might be the biggest struggle for those of us who are caught up in hurtful habits and behaviors. That we want to experience forgiveness. We, we, we believe there is forgiveness in God. We believe that other people around us can forgive us. But I just can't, I can't offer that grace to myself. And until, folks, until I choose to do that, I'm going, this addiction is going to continue to hold power over me. I've got to learn to forgive myself. I need to be honest about it. I need to discover who I am. I need to stop this behavior, whatever that takes. I need to replace it with something else, and I need to forgive myself. That's how we get the ball rolling. That's how we start untangling these knots. And I'm not saying this will happen overnight or with a snap of the fingers. It would be nice if it would. But if I'm willing to take an honest look at my life this morning and recognize, man, there's some things that I keep doing over and over again because those things continue to have a power over me. What's it going to take for me to choose and want to get untangled. If that's the situation you're in this morning, I'm begging you, let us help. Let my God forgive you. Let him get to work on setting you free. Let this church family help in any way we can. I'm not saying we have all the answers and all the solutions, but we'll do whatever we can to help. And my God will run to meet you where you are tangled up in whatever mess it is and has the power and the desire to set you free. There's a story told in, in Mark chapter 10 of this blind guy. His name was Bartimaeus. And he's, he's, who knows how long he's been living in blindness, never fully experiencing sight, never fully knowing what it's like to live to be able to see all the things that he wants to see. He's, he's imprisoned in darkness for most of his life. And he hears about this guy, Jesus. And this guy, Jesus, is walking by, and he starts, he, he knows that he's a miracle worker. He knows that he's, he's heard about him healing other people. And so he starts crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And there's people who are around Bartimaeus, and they're telling him, hey, shut up. We're trying to listen to Jesus, and you're over here yelling and, and making too much noise. Knock it off. But Jesus hears it. He hears this blind man calling out over and over, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, please have mercy on me. 
And he says, bring him here. And they're like, oh, Barnabas, he wants to see you. And they pick him up and they bring him to Jesus. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Doesn't that seem like the dumbest question? But Jesus wants to hear it from Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, what do you want? What do you really want? And Bartimaeus' answer is very simple. Lord, I want to see. I want to be set free. I don't want to deal with this anymore. That's what I want. And as he's asking, can I have mercy? He's, he's asking, Jesus, is there any way that you can set me free from this? You know what Jesus does? He sets him free. And he opens his eyes for the first time. He can see. And I, I share that with you. I, I know that's blindness compared to an addiction, but I, but I want you to recognize that Bartimaeus' story is your story. It's my story. When we choose to come to that point in our lives where whatever it is, if it's an addiction, if it's a habit, if it's a relationship, if it's something that is imprisoning us, we finally recognize there's, there's nothing I can do about this. What do you want? I want to be set free. I don't want to deal with this, whatever it is, anymore. Jesus, is there any way that you can, that you can set me free? The answer is a resounding yes. So we're going to stand together here in just a second. We're going to sing a song together about being broken and about coming to Jesus just as we are. Jesus didn't make Bartimaeus get sight before he came to him. Bring the blind man, bring the person who's wrapped up in blindness, bring him to me. And as we stand, as we sing this song together about coming to Jesus just as we are, I want to I want to offer that invitation to you. If, wherever you are in your life right now, if it's an addiction, if it's a hurtful relationship, if it's a marriage issue, if it's a parenting issue, if it's, if it's somebody else's struggle and you just want prayers of freedom for them, whatever it is, you're welcome to come just as you are. Come to the front and share that with us. And we're not going to judge you. We're not going to condemn you. We're going to surround you with love and compassion and grace and hope because we're all a whole bunch of broken people that are just hoping that Jesus can set us free. And want to help you experience that too. And if we can help you do that this morning, please come to the front now. While together we stand and sing.
seated. We've had a couple folks come forward this morning. Uh, first of all, Jenny Olert has come forward asking for prayers uh, on behalf of her uh, fiance, Christian Davis. Um, they're planning on getting married in October, but he's been dealing with some health issues for uh, a long time, some autoimmune issues, and still no answers. Um, we've been praying about this for a while and still don't have any clarity, and he's going to another specialist this week, next weekend, okay? And so uh, Jenny just wants prayers, first of all, for healing, uh, and second of all, just for clarity, just to know exactly what's going on and, and what that treatment's going to look like and how that's going to work because they've been carrying this burden for a long time. So we're going to pray about that today. Um, Stacy Blazer has also come forward this morning, and uh, she knew that she would struggle to say what she wanted to say, so she wrote it down. So I'm going to read her words. She says, Dear Flagstone family, in Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord says, For I know the plans I have for you. And she says, I believe this with all my heart. It can be scary and exciting at times. This church has been a second family to me for many years. The love and support that this church family has shown during the tough times has been an enormous source of comfort. This coming Thursday, Stephen and I will be moving to Oklahoma City to start new careers. Now, I know we will not find another church family as close and loving as this one, but I believe God has a plan for all of us, and we will continue to serve that plan faithfully wherever we end up. We will truly miss you all and we will keep you in our prayers we ask that you keep us in your prayers as, as we travel as we get settled in and start our new jobs and also i want to ask that you add my dad to your prayers too last sunday he fell and broke his femur and he has had surgery and is now on a long road to recovery this is not a goodbye it's a see you later we'll be back to visit often and his love states stacy and stephen blazer um if you've been a part of this church family for very long, you know how precious Stacy and Stephen are to our church family. Um, but she has poured a lot of time and energy and just a lot of herself, uh, especially into our kids' ministry, but into this church. And wherever they end up, she's going to be a blessing to those folks, for sure. Uh, we will miss them as well. But we're going to pray for them this morning, too. Um, and I will add, just because um, this is a good time to do it, I received a text late last night from uh, Ken Shoemate, and his older brother passed away yesterday evening very unexpectedly. And um, he and Barbara are on their way back. They were in Houston when they got the news. They're on their way back now. And um, he's just dealing with loss of his, of his brother right now. So we're going to pray for all those folks. Um, and, I'll, and I'll say this as well. We're going to pray for all the folks who maybe struggling with a lot of other things right now that didn't feel like coming to the front, and that's okay. Um, but we're going to ask God to just, just go to work this morning on all of us, okay? We got folks down here around these folks. If anybody else wants to come down and, and put a hand on them or put a hand on somebody that's got a hand on them, let's, let's, let's connect with each other as we connect to our God in prayer. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, for, for the freedom that you give us. Um, because of your son Jesus for the grace that you give us that we don't deserve that we are amazed at we are so thankful for thank you God for always listening 
for always hearing our hearts and knowing what's gone, going on in our lives. And we bring, we bring some requests before you this morning, God. We pray, we pray for uh, Ken Shumate. We pray for his family and dealing with this sudden and unexpected loss. We pray um, for safety for him and Barbara as they travel and for any other family that's traveling. We just pray for comfort and healing for them. We pray for, for the McSpadden family. Devin's uh, uh, dad passed away this last week, and, and as they prepare for the funeral this week, we pray for comfort and peace for them. We pray for Christian. God, we pray for healing. He's been, he's been suffering for a long time, and we believe that you are the God of healing, and I pray, God, that you would do that, that you would heal his body. And Lord, if that's not your will, then I pray at least you give clarity, you give answers um, for he and, and, and Jenny to know exactly what they're going to need to do, what the treatment plan is and how that's going to work. And God, I, I pray for their very near in the future marriage. I pray that you're already uh, shaping that marriage into what it needs to be for them to be a blessing to each other and a blessing to all that, that know them. But God, we pray especially for Christian right now, for peace for him, for comfort for him, for ease from his pain. And, and for the knowledge, to know, the, the knowledge to know what to do next. And God, we pray for Stacy and Stephen. We're so thankful to have had them, to still have them in our lives, even if they're not here in town. And God, we pray that this move is going to be a good thing for, for both of them, for their marriage, um, for that community that they're moving to. We pray that... that they find a church family that they can bless as well as they've blessed the one here. And God, we just pray. This is a, this is a stressful time. This is something new, um, especially for Stacy, uh, leaving leaving home where she's always lived all of her life and, and walking into the unknown. And God, I just pray for peace for her, for confidence for her, knowing that you have already gifted her with what she needs to be the woman that, that she needs to be and for Stephen to, to be the husband that he needs to be for her and the man that he needs to be at his new job. So we lift them up to you, God, and ask you to bless them and use them to bless others. And God, finally, I pray this morning for, for any of us in this room, any watching online who are struggling, who have habits, who have addictions, who have um, just constant choices or constant guilt from choices of the past, that are weighing us down, that are tying us and tangling us up. Would you set us free from those things, God? Forgive us and help us to take steps to, to find freedom. Thank you for listening, God. We know that you listen. We know that you're already moving to answer. We pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. We'll have a quick word from one of our shepherds, and then we'll wrap up our worship in just a moment. morning church <clears throat> just a couple of announcements um, and then we'll uh, have a quick prayer and close out in song um, first of all please don't forget our different ways of giving so we can give online and we can also give in our baskets out in the foyer uh, also if, as you saw in the announcement sheet this morning hopefully it is uh, next Sunday is one of our fifth Sunday uh, giving opportunities and as you know those those fifth Sunday givings go toward our building and um, 
you know, I just say take a pause and look around you. I mean, we're so blessed with the facility that we have. It allows us to do so much. Uh, it, it's uh, such a blessing to be in here on Sunday mornings, but then also, you know, the different capabilities we have for our classes. And, and so uh, please uh, pray about that this week and be prepared for that this Sunday giving. Also, I was asked to announce there at 1 p.m. this afternoon, there's a need for some assistance hanging whiteboards. So Mark Mizell is our contact for that, takes care of our facility here. And uh, I, th I think he said there's eight boards need to be hung. So there is definitely a need there for some help. So if, um, if you have any skills or, or tools or whatever that could be put to use there, I, please show up here at 1 p.m. Or, or as soon as you can after that and provide some assistance in getting that done. And also, uh, just kind of my last note here, uh, I know Marshall mentioned, and it's in the announcements too, but, you know, Devin McSpadden, one of our deacons here, uh, lost his father this week. I don't know if you're aware, if you've been keeping track or keeping a tally, but, um, you know, for that family between Kelly and Devin, that's their third parent that they've lost in the matter of about 10 months. And so that's definitely weighing heavy on them this week, and especially... Uh, not just Evan and Kelly, but their kids as well. So that's three, three grandparents for those kids. So just please keep them in your prayers. That's something that, you know, they could use uh, the, the prayers from this congregation in that situation. If you would pray with me, and then we'll end in a song. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, and we thank you so much for these opportunities to, to be together as a church family and to worship you. And, and we're so thankful for this body of of uh, loving believers that, that just care about one another so much and, and surround each other with, with uh, love and, and just curled, uh, shoulders to cry on when, when needed. And, and uh, we know that you're working here among this family and ask that you just continue to do so. Um, Father, as, as uh, Marshall shared this morning, you know, as much as we strive to be close to you and do what, what we know that you want us to do, there's always those uh, temptations, there's always the habits, there's always, in some cases, addictions that, that uh, separate us from you. And we just pray that you work in our lives uh, to overcome those. Also, uh, that we as a family here can be uh, uh, helpful to one another and, and help each other to overcome when we're falling short, for we always always um, fall short no matter how much we try father there's uh, hurt and pain in, in our communities around us and in the, in the country father we are mindful of the the, the hate-filled violence in buffalo from a week or so ago and and just pray that you uh, comfort those that have lost loved ones and and those that uh, live in fear and just father just Pray that, you know, whether there's any uh, seed of hate in any of our hearts, that you just help rid, rid our hearts of that and help fill that void with love as you instruct us to. And just uh, pray that you allow us to be shining lights to our communities and, and that we uh, can help overcome and overshadow any of that darkness that's in our world around us. Uh, Father, at this time we, we have uh, students and teachers who are pushing through in, in their last few days of their school and just help them to close out uh, successfully and peacefully and, and allow them to enjoy their upcoming summer and uh, make that transition smooth. Father, as we leave here, just uh, give us a, a great 
afternoon, a great evening today, and this beautiful day you've given us, and, and a wonderful week in our workplaces and schools and, and um, hospitals and, and everywhere that, that we're departing. Father, we thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray, amen. All right, let's stand as we close. Teenagers, help me out here. Teenagers, help me out here, okay? We good? Y'all want to come up here? Y'all going to help me out? All right. I belong to Jesus. I belong to him. I belong to Jesus.